You are listening to WERA 96.7 FM LP, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl, Yasmeen Yazzie Speaks Arrington, host of Millennial Minds. Today, we have a distinguished guest with us, Mr. Paul Montero. He is the current chief of staff for President Frederick at Howard University, HU. You know. Former, he's the former... Um, Deputy Director of Religious Affairs on the 2008 Obama campaign and is currently running for the County Executive of Prince George's County, Maryland. Welcome, Mr. Montero. Thank you so much, Ms. Arrington. It's nice to see you again. It's a pleasure. It is a pleasure. I'm so glad you made it and you could come down here and share with us. Uh, So tell us about yourself. And what you're doing now. Okay, well, I'm a chairman of your fan club. Oh. For those of you listening, (laughs) Miss Arrington was one of my best students. Uh, several years ago, actually, back uh, uh, when she was in eighth grade. Yeah, um, we go back so, like a Cadillac, y'all. Mm-hmm, so it's good to see you there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm a native of Prince George's County, Maryland. Okay. Um, attended uh, kindergarten at uh, Adelphi Elementary School. Okay. Middle school there and graduated from High Point High School in Beltsville, Maryland. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a proud uh, Prince George's County public school graduate. I'm wow. the first in my family to graduate high school. Wow. Um, both uh, my parents dropped out. My mm-hmm. mom got pregnant mm-hmm. um, and my dad lost interest. Okay. So my sister, I'm the second of five kids. My sister's the eldest and smartest. Mm-hmm. She got pregnant at High Point um, okay. in high school and dropped out. So I was oh. the first to sort of pick up the baton, cross wow. the finish line for my family. Uh, and then I went on to college down the street at University of Maryland, College Park. All right. And I uh, had a great time there. And what did you study? I was a history major. Okay. I wanted oh. to go back to High Point and be an AP U.S. history teacher because I had a great wow. AP U.S. history teacher. Wow. And um, and then my freshman year of college, I got an internship at the United States Supreme Court. I'm not surprised. And that's that's amazing. Though. It was just a blessing. A door opened up. And, and one of the blessings of this very junior internship was you sit on the bench with the justices of the United States Supreme Court. So I'm sitting behind the justices as they hear arguments from the wow. best lawyers in the country. That's um, I understood like 10% of what they were talking about. And this about, was your freshman year of freshman year college. college. Yeah, so that put me on a pathway. I, I stayed as a history major, but I was like, I want to go to law school. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I graduated graduated with a degree in history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, worked for a couple years at a law firm as a paralegal because I wanted to go to law school but needed to save up money. And um, then I went to Howard University for law school. One of the best decisions I could have made. Wow. Uh, Participated in the Marshall Brennan Constitutional Law Program. Okay. I taught constitutional law to uh, eighth and ninth grade students, including yourself. Yeah, Paul. So that's how you came to us. Yeah, that's how we came to you. Okay. And uh, after that, I went to work for Senator Obama, you know, on his campaign in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Now, how did you hear about him? I think, you know, like everybody else, he was sort of everywhere. After he mm-hmm. gave that famous speech in 2004 at the Democratic National Convention, that he was on the map. Oh, they were like, who's this guy? Yeah, and then by 2006, everybody knew who he was. You know, he was a senator, the only African-American senator at that time. And, uh, yeah, I just decided uh, I wanted to work for him. So I applied to work in his Senate office. Um, and... Got opened up a door to work there, and and once he announced he was running for president, half the staff moved to Chicago. So I packed up my car and drove to Chicago um, and took the job as the national deputy director for religious affairs wow. for his 2008 campaign. How was that? It was great. I mean, looking back at it, it, it was wild because at the beginning, this is 2007, people are like, what's his name? Barack what? <laughs> and he thinks he's going to do what? <laughs> 
<laughs> and so a lot of the attack lines against him were rooted in his identity and belief. You know, right. what about his name? What does he really believe? Mm. What about the school he went to when he was a child in Indonesia? You know, it's a, it's a religious extremist school. What about his pastor? His pa- you know, the attack lines around Jeremiah Wright and Trinity United Church of Christ. I and remember. the church had a black value system yeah. where some people that were trying to uh, delegitimize de- him were saying, well, that's inherently racist. How are you going to a church that's a racist church? And so just pushing back on some of those attack lines and saying, well, we'll tell you what he believes. We'll show you what, what he's about. We'll show you his career in public service, helping people, serving people. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's a committed Christian. And um, right. and he was a community organizer, too. right? Yeah, before that's sort of his background before law school. He was he was mm-hmm. organizing on the south side of Chicago with with low income communities or people mm-hmm. that were unemployed to help them improve their situation. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, no, but uh, it was it was 18 months on the campaign of establishing his identity, including his his religious identity, his values identity, and showing he shared values with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a great experience. It was tough because you see a lot of um, vitriol, a lot of you know animosity thrown his way mm-hmm. by people just saying he's not somebody that anyone should support. He doesn't share your values. And we made the point successfully enough to get him elected. Right. He does share your values. Yeah. I will. I'm so thankful for for that point in time in history mm-hmm. um, and for the journey that you all took and are, and are still taking and embarking upon. Um, it speaks a lot to to um, the power of 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 messaging yeah. um, and the power of, like you said, you know, showing shared values mm-hmm. Um and we miss him. <laughs> oh, yeah. We miss him every day. Actually, I saw him on uh, on, on this week. We, we met up and, and just he looks very relaxed. Right. But, I'm, I'm but, sure. But he's still very much focused on, you know, we have some serious things going on and, and yeah. he's figuring out how to play a constructive role. But yeah. And the Obama Foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's yeah, you know working hard going. on getting that going, getting the library stood up in Chicago, mm-hmm. raising money and finishing his book. You know, he has to finish his book project because that's coming out next year. So. Oh, another book. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. So you are currently running for county executive that's right. of Prince George's County. Mm-hmm. So tell us why, you know, mm-hmm. how how this how this thought and idea came about and um, share with us, you know, your organizing principles and um, what you hope to accomplish. Sure. So this is this is home to me. And and. You know, having worked, you know, in Chicago for the uh, the the first campaign, as soon as it was over, I moved back home to Prince George's County. And so I've been there. Other than that year in Chicago, I've lived there my whole life. I never really left. And because I love living there and I have a lot of gratitude for the place. Like I said, I grew up in a family with a lot of kids, young parents, not a lot of money. So having some outstanding public school teachers that went out of their way to help a kid like me, you know, free lunch kid not a lot of money, you know, helping me get exposed to authors, books, you know, uh, cultural literacy. Um, I appreciate and, and value the place. And it's I'm coming from a place of I want to take care of home. Prince George's County has a lot of good things going for it. It's the most affluent. It's one of the most diverse counties in, in America. And it's wow. the most affluent black majority county in the country. I've heard that. It's true. I've heard no, this. It's, it's okay. absolutely true. Okay. But in the same breath, you know, folks never want to talk about the other part of the county. And inside the richest black county in America, you have concentrated poverty in neighborhoods that look very much, you know, unlike National Harbor mm-hmm. or, or Bowie, you know, mm-hmm. so, and, where it's like where really it's very poor. I mean, people mm-hmm. are struggling, mm-hmm. um, you know, to pay rent. People are struggling. I mean, the hunger rates in the DMV have gone down the last several years. They've gone up in Prince George's County. 
and you have a, a very diverse population, many um, immigrant communities coming into the, the county that are just kind of working to survive. Mm-hmm. And and I, I look at Prince George's County as a place of, I was on the other side of the spectrum. You know, we, my dad was a roofer back then. You know, mm-hmm. My mom was a secretary, and they have four kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, using the food bank, using the free lunch, using yeah. the public school system. I, based on the last 11 years of experience, having worked, you know, for the president on his campaign, but serving five years on his White House staff, two years right. running AmeriCorps, the Domestic Peace Corps, AmeriCorps uh-huh. VISTA, mm-hmm. and a year running the mediation program at the Justice Department, I have a skill set that I can leverage mm-hmm. to use a place that helped me. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm running. And, and the reasons I'm running, the education system in our county, it's something people always talk about. Right. But never really seems to change. Mm-hmm. I remember being in the in, in fifth grade in a trailer, mm. you know, running out of paper. The school runs out of paper, so they send a letter home asking the parents to donate paper. Wow! Um, learning what furlough meant. Mm. That's when you can't pay the teachers for five days, so you have school four days a week, and you're closed the fifth day to save wow. money. Um, you know, just silly things of of like my high school was built in 1954. Mm-hmm. How many high schools or or any schools in the county have, uh, you know, the water coming out of that water fountain's brown right now? Oh, you know, there's mold in the building, you know, there's oh, air quality no. issues. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I just say education has to be first and foremost. Mm-hmm. But you also have to talk about economic development, the way mm-hmm. that we make it hard for businesses to start in the county. We have some savvy entrepreneurs, mil- many millennials who want to start their own business mm-hmm. in the county. We don't make it easy on them. Mm-hmm. We actually make it hard. And so they're looking at what's well, easy to do business in D.C. or Montgomery County or Anne Arundel County or Howard mm-hmm. County. Like we need to chase that talent to keep them right. in the county. That's that's wealth they're building. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're, I, I love to brag like we're the county that, you know, Jim Henson, who started the Muppets, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, uh, oh really? Like, yeah, Jim Henson's from Prince George's County. I he went to Northwestern High School. Uh, Sergey Brin, one of the founders okay. of Google. Wow. From Prince George's County. Mm. So we have people that are, you know, and, and those are just two of so many. Mm-hmm. We need to chase businesses and keep them in the county. Restorative justice is a third part of my platform. Yeah. We should not throw people away because they caught a weed charge or, mm. or any yeah. charge. If they yeah. if they messed up. Okay. You, you have to be accountable for that. Do you got to do some time? Do the time. You got to pay a fine? Pay the fine. But once you do that, welcome back. And you see what happens when a lot of jurisdictions throw the book at somebody, even when they get out, there's nowhere for them to go. No job that will hire them. No place that will let them live in the neighborhood. No community that will welcome them back. And so mm-hmm. you get the very predictable right. in and out, yep. in and out. In a, and I'm saying in our yeah. county, we should be leading the way on saying accountability, sure. But once you do what you have to do, Mm-hmm. This is the pathway back because unless we give you a pathway back, you're, you're probably going to reoffend, right. and that's a problem yep. for everybody, yep. including you. So we, we were talking off the air about the mm-hmm. bail bond industry. The yeah, fact please, that we have a bail bond us. industry in Prince George's County, where you know there's an industry that's a parasite. It's like okay, you got arrested, you you now in, in jail waiting for your hearing. You mm-hmm. could get bail bond man to help you get out, but you got to pay bail bond man some money. That you probably don't have, you got to call all your relatives to get a thousand dollars together so they can, you know, bond you out. Right over the line of D.C., it shows you don't have to do it that way. D.C. says, you know, you get arrested. Okay, we're going to evaluate you through pretrial services. What's the likelihood of you showing up for your hearing a month from now? Mm-hmm. And if we can trust and believe you're going to show up, we'll see you in a month in court. And most people show up. Right. We don't have that option in in Prince George's County. It's like you got to go either plea out. And say, you know what? I got to get out. I got to get back to my job. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did it. Or I'll just take a plea mm-hmm. so I get out and can get back to work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Or you go to bail bond man if you have the money or can get the money to get you, to bail you out to come back for your hearing in mm-hmm. a month. 
or you just sit in jail for a month until you're here. Right. Until, and yeah. it's like, so even if you didn't do it, whatever job you had is gone because they're not going to wait a month mm. for you. And so, you know, it's just the fact that you go to Upper Marlboro, you see the courthouse and all around, just like a liquor store or a check cashing place, is bail bond man mm. just waiting to like help service you, you know? And I, mm. and I just think it's, it's a parasitic industry that should not be um, existing right. in, in the most affluent African-American majority county in the country or anywhere, you know? Because mm. at yeah. that point, you just distort the justice system where it's like, well, it depends on how much money you have. And the last part of the platform is just restoring a culture of stewardship. Mm-hmm. County offices, county services, county functions, this is public service. And it should be delivered as such with a, a culture of customer service. These are citizens that are paying for services. And if, uh, you know, every, every person working for the county should, should respect that. I think it's phenomenal, um, you know, these, these principles that you have, um, especially with education and restorative justice, um, and econ- all of them actually, economic development, are so necessary. Um, so I-, I just think it's phenomenal. Like I'm so excited to see where you're I going am excited. And, you're excited. and what you're gonna do. Hopefully, your listeners are excited. Oh, yeah. I yes, we're gonna rally up. And uh, if you can inform us, when like what are the benchmarks? Um, you know, for us casting our votes and, and all of sure, that. Sure, yeah. So the primary, I'm, I'm a Democrat. I'm running for the Democratic mm-hmm. uh, uh, nomination. Mm-hmm. So the primary for the Democratic Party is in, in June of next year, okay. June 26th. Okay. So you have early voting in Prince George's County, mm-hmm. um, and you have absentee voting too. So if you can't physically show up to a polling right. place, you can mail your ballot in. Um, and, you know, the, the race, um, it, it, you have to be a registered Democrat. We have a closed primary. So if you're oh. an independent... Okay. Or a Republican, you can't vote in it. Really? No, it's a, some states have closed, or counties too have closed primaries. So only Republicans mm-hmm. vote for Republicans. Only Democrats can vote for Democrats. Oh. Um, so that's something voters should be aware of. Um, but yeah, with early voting, there are places you can go in advance of June 26th to cast your ballot um, that have different hours to be more accessible to people that may work mm-hmm. during the workday. Um, but yeah, the, the general election's in November of next year. Okay. But Prince George's County... They're 10 to 1 Democrats. Mm-hmm. So if you win the June primary, you're likely to win the November general yeah. election. So that's why everyone's focused on the June primary of next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what can we do, you know, to, to help you, like the millennials? I, I would say millennials can win this election. And, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is, first and foremost, in this county, of Prince George's County, you have about 18 to 20% of voters vote. Mm-hmm. So if you think about that, most people don't vote. Eighty percent mm-hmm. don't vote. Wow. And my point is, you look at there are two hundred seventy something precincts, you know, like uh, schools you can vote at, churches you can vote at, mm-hmm. uh, post office, library you can vote. About two hundred seventy so places you can vote. Mm-hmm. Some of the precincts, seven people showed up. You know, it's like wow. so small. And I think millennials, you know, they have the most to gain from this election, especially with the education piece. It's just saying, listen. A big part of my platform is saying the high schools, the, the public school system should be serving them well. And, right. and we got to get away from a place of stigmatizing everything but college. Mm. Because an audit came out two weeks ago showing where we are falsely inflating our graduation rates. I heard, an audit I've came heard out showing that. like, listen. The, and the, it's not just PG either. No, nah, but we, we got caught in an audit. So, uh, so yeah. we're definitely in the crosshairs because they found administrators went back and changed grades for kids or students that were not eligible to graduate so that they could graduate. Mm. But that's, that's, 
I mean, I saw that going on on some level when I was in school. It was like people were just not doing anything and they were still graduating. Yeah, and I was, yeah I'm like, what? Like, yeah, so, but <laughs> the problem with that is like you're disserving these students. Like, right. okay, so now they're in the workforce. They're not competitive for jobs. Some of them can't read. Some of them can't do high school math. You're, that's a setup. Yeah. And in this area, like you can't, you're mm-hmm. working at Chipotle. Right. I love Chipotle, but you can't survive in this very expensive right. area. Mm-hmm. And you're setting these kids up mm-hmm. for no opportunities. And, and I think for a millennial in high school right now mm-hmm. or recently graduated saying right. like you and your peers. As or millennials m- with children. Which too. is especially, yeah, mm-hmm. especially with children. You have a lot at stake in this election because mm-hmm. I'm talking about as the only person running who actually graduated from Prince George's County Public Schools. I've seen the schools. I know what time it is, you know, because I've seen mm-hmm. it from the perspective of a student. And you have to get serious about putting more money and 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 better controls and accountability into the school system to serve kids and say, listen, you don't want to go to college? Fine. But I, I have a responsibility to you to, to help you work to land in a career. Mm-hmm. Which, where are you going to work when you graduate? We should work backwards and say, we need to get you from ninth grade. Take your classes in the morning, but working or an apprenticeship program or an internship program mm-hmm. that leads to a job you can live off of. And I'm not just talking when I say apprenticeship, like vocational, although those are good. My brother's a union plumber. Okay. He makes more money than some college graduate yeah. friends of mine, yeah. you know, so that's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But even if you don't want to do like, you know, the manual labor, what about coding? What about mm-hmm. cybersecurity? What about mm-hmm. health IT? Right. What but about you need your basics? In yeah, order to, and, and you need your basics. But these are jobs. Mm-hmm. These are not minimum wage jobs. Oh, no, not at all. And I'm saying you could come out high school diploma and a job you can live off of. Everybody's good when when these students have a healthy salary, they can live and start a family off, do what they want to do, handle their business. But it's it's a setup to graduate them, quote unquote, where they don't have basic skills. They're not competitive for any jobs. And the school system kind of didn't work with them. They're over here working with the kids on their FAFSA, getting them to college, which I'm not knocking. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying but not everybody's going not to college. Pro- right, and that's, that's fine. True, you, true. It, we got to a place as a country just saying, like, college is everything. So if you're not going to college, it must be because you're not as smart or something's wrong with you. Like, absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. Because, again, a lot of these jobs that don't require college, you could get, you can make 80K, 90K, 100. I mean, Pepco, yeah. Pepco, the power company, they start at $23 an hour. Wow. 23. So once that's you throw good. in overtime, that's a six-figure job. Wow. The problem is they have a they have a math test, 50 mm. percent passage rate wow. and they're testing graduates. So wow. it's like, hold up. Well, how can only half of our students pass the Pepco math test to get a very good job? So something clearly is messed up. In, and I'm not yeah. in here to like blame a teacher. or I'm just saying right. we have a systematic yeah. issue. Oh, definitely. Let's be honest about it and fix it. I love that. because you, these students, once they graduate, they don't disappear. Mm-hmm. They're in a community. Probably living in these in these concentrated pockets of poverty, yep. you know, District Heights, Fairmont Heights, Capitol Heights, wherever we we know, the school was not effectively preparing them to see beyond what they see in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. what everyone in their family does, and we could expose these students to a whole other career and a future if if you just uh, you know were intentional about it while they're still in the public school system. Yeah, I agree. This is excellent. Um, so let's also get into, um, you are an adjunct professor at the University of Maryland. I teach on Tuesday nights. Yeah. Yeah. At the University of Maryland. And you, you're an excellent teacher, by the way. So, um, I'm I'm excited for, for these college students to have the opportunity, you know, to sit under you. And now you have all this additional experience as well. Um, so that they get to, to listen to you and pull off of, um, your knowledge 
and experience and um so religious liberty mm-hmm. so let's talk about let's talk about that um you know we're in an era where millennials a lot of a lot of millennials and even generation z that's behind us um the the younger children ages like 2 to 18 they're either none you know they don't identify with any um religious religion or religious structure or they'll say they're spiritual but not religious um so what what kinds of things do you hear the your uh students saying and maybe in the papers Mm -hmm. you know like what are the current what are what is an issue maybe that that they're that you all are wrestling in this religious liberty course yeah and i'm so glad to hear that you're at one of the great divinity schools in our nation, at Howard University School <laughs> of Divinity. Some people think differently, but it, it really is. Haters going to hate. Oh, haters going to hate. I, yeah. I would just say, yeah, my <laughs> class really looks at this argument that defines America because, well, I feel like it's just, it's this 500-pound gorilla that's yeah. in, it's America. And people are, they're always surprised when it comes up. I mean, that was a fight over Obamacare. You know, Obamacare, and it's like, well, it's going to make, uh, employers cover certain things for women's health, including contraceptives. Right. This, you know, and, and so it's just, you always had this tension between governments operating over a very religiously diverse population and government wants to do certain things to promote certain things. And people in the, in the population say, well, I can't do that. My religion won't let me. Mm-hmm. Or my religion says, you know, I have to do this, but the government's saying I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, it's an ongoing debate in America. And now you have, You've never had this large of a percentage of Americans publicly saying none, unaffiliated. You know, my parent that was good for my parents. I want to do it differently. Mm-hmm. Even if I keep the label, I'm not going to walk it out the way they did. I, you know, you see how many churches are like redefining church. You don't right. have to wear a suit. Right. You go. Right. You don't have to wake up at seven in the morning on a Sunday. You can go a Saturday night. You know, right. so right. just the way that the institutions are changing to try to cater to and. And, and engage a, a, a generation of people saying, like, I don't want to do it that way. Or I'm so turned off by the negative things I've seen. I don't don't I don't want that label anymore. Yeah. I, I'm going to do it my way. I'll just be a good person. Yeah. I'll do community service. I'll be focused on the golden rule, the, the, the universal morals that unite all the religions. I don't want to pick one. So it's just a fascinating subject to study because this force that created America. Again, people were coming here to exercise their beliefs. Mm-hmm. It's just a different time now where, well, what happens when you have, you know, the institutional churches getting older, older. Look at the mainline Protestant churches, uh, Presbyterian, Methodist, Episcopalian, uh, getting smaller, 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 dying off, really. Yes. And um, and you have a larger and larger group saying, like, don't label me any of that. Mm -hmm. It's it's a fascinating to me. It's it's a fascinating topic. And and we were talking about, again, like you coming up on the holidays. You already know it's going to be, hey, what's up with that that Christmas tree down there or that nativity scene yeah. down there? I have a problem with that, you know, mm. and it's uh, and then the other side says, well, it's a war on Christmas again. Here they go. Mm-hmm. We're just trying right. to we're just trying to celebrate the birth of our savior. Mm-hmm. And here comes it. You know, so it's just as a as a class. I don't take sides. I'm just saying we this is the issue to track. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's phenomenal. Um, so. Based on what you're seeing um, with our systems in terms of our educational systems, in terms of our, um, for lack of a better term, you know, our justice systems, mm. which, you know, there there are lots of holes and issues there. Uh, what advice do you have for millennials um, and, and Generation Z, the younger folks, 
moving forward, you know, what are some of the things that we should be aware of? Mm -hmm. Um, What are the things that we should be looking for? And what are some ways in which we can help to improve um, and to deconstruct and break down a lot of these systems that that have only been um, uh, growing? Mm -hmm. And so for some, it's beneficial. um, But for others, it's it's very detrimental. Yeah, I I would I would answer that with sort of my my time at the Justice Department. My time at the Justice Department, I ran the Community Relations Service. This is a little-known program that's part of the Justice Department. It was written into the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Mm-hmm. They're basically teams of mediators that go to communities in crisis because, you know, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 says, uh, you know, you didn't have to serve me in your restaurant yesterday, but today you do. Mm-hmm. That's not just going to happen. So these yeah. mediators were like, how do we keep this calm and peaceful and nonviolent? but say you have rights now that they have to respect. Let's mediate this. Mm-hmm. And 2016, it was like, if you think about all the things that happened in 2016, Philando Castile, Alton yeah. Sterling, you know, uh, the shooting in Charlotte, shooting mm-hmm. in Baltimore, shooting, you know, so many places. Yes. And every time we would go to try to mediate these cases, we're up in the mayor's office and the police chief's office around the table. It's like a big cheese pastor, big cheese mayor, big cheese chief. Mm-hmm. You look out the window, who's outside? Right. They don't want to come to this meeting. Uh, it's just these young people, middle school kids in ba- Baton Rouge was middle school students after the Sterling shooting. Mm-hmm. They they made a way for themselves to express themselves because they did not trust the people sitting at the table. They're like, you don't even want You don't want to hear me before. Oh, you want to talk to me now, though? Mm. No, thanks. Mm. And so every time you look out the window, it's like, who are those young people out there leading the protest or with a list of demands? Mm. They made their own way. And I would say this generation. I mean, I'm all about like, you know, don't just throw out every structure if it's working use it there's a lot to learn from ex- existing structures but this generation i don't have to tell them i mean they're making their own structures mm-hmm. that's you see the rise of these you know we call them autonomous organizations mm-hmm. i think black lives matters is the most known one right you show up on the scene hey who's in charge here <laughs> nobody well i want to talk to who's in charge i want to you know what do you want <laughs> well i'll tell you what i want because mm-hmm. i speak for me You're right Miss Arrington, ask her what she wants, because I don't speak for Miss Arrington. Mm-hmm. And if I tried to, Miss Arrington would tell me I don't speak. You know, so it's a very, <laughs> it's a very flat thing where mm-hmm. it's like they're making their own way to have a voice. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're they're making an impact. So I would just I don't have to encourage them They're they're And, and, and again, just making it clear, they have so much influence. Maybe they don't realize they have it sometimes, because, again, going back to the voting conversation, most people don't vote where I am. Some of these precincts were won with 100 a, a votes. Mm, like you wow. could you could have taken a precinct yeah getting your friends together on social media like let's show up wow. here boom because mm. only seven people showed up mm. you, you have eight friends you win <laughs> but sometimes people have a really high bar in their mind like well unless i have a million dollars and a million friends i can't have a voice mm. and oh but that's not true they're they're showing uh, they they will be heard too so um i'm excited to see what they do to make their own way because mm-hmm. what you know what they've inherited doesn't it's like a jacket that doesn't fit them quite right. And they're like, I don't want to wear that jacket. I'm gonna make my own jacket. Right. You know. Yes. Well, thank you, Mr. Montero. Thank you, Miss Erickson. It was so a nice pleasure to, see you. to have you. So you all heard it here. Um, we have been enlightened and educated um, by Mr. Montero, and he's running for a county executive of Prince George's County, yeah, Maryland. Paul for Prince George's dot com. Paul for Prince George's dot com. Paul for visit Prince George's dot com. Yes, visit online. All right, you're listening to WERA 96.7 FM. This is Yazzie Speaks on Millennial Minds. Till next time, peace.